Uh, welcome to the podcast, Basket Boys, 2016 season still. Finally got some first week of basketball in. Yep. Real games, finally. Yeah, finally have. It's it's amazing what a difference it makes whenever uh, teams are actually playing for something. <laughs> yeah, when the games matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty good first week. I yeah. Mean, there were a lot of really good performances, back-to-back performances from... Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, you know, LeBron James had a fantastic first game. DeMarcus Cousins has been pretty DeMarcus good. DeMarcus Cousins has been good. Um, Tim Frazier has been good. Harrison Barnes has been – he had a good game last night. I mean, it sucks that it came with a loss, but – Yeah, yeah, dropped his career-high 31 points, but – Yeah. I'm sure he's going to have several career-high moments this season. Yeah, I mean, they're like, just letting him – especially last night because Dirk didn't play. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we can just start the there. Yeah. Talk about the Mavs. They played a couple games. Played uh, Indiana. Took them to overtime, um, and that was with a with Dirk. And then they played the Rockets, and and not really blown out, but lost by a good chunk. Yeah, I mean they the game was pretty close for most of it. The Rockets didn't really pull away towards the end. I mean, even with like you know five minutes left in the game, Carlisle was playing hack and nay to yeah until it stopped working and he drained both of his free throws. Yeah, and, like, and it was that you know. The lead had gotten to the point at that point where it was more of a last ditch thing to say, like, if he misses his free throws and if we can score on a couple possessions, then we'll be in a position to actually make a run and, and possibly win. But it didn't really work out. So then he put the bench guys in. So, yeah, solid measure. He got some time. I guess he's coming up an injury. Some hit knee surgery yeah, he in the offseason. Yeah, he wasn't playing in the preseason. Yeah. Not sure what exactly is going on with him. Um, but yeah, I don't. D Will's been pretty good. Yeah, first two first two games. Yeah, he's um they've they've been uh, running him, uh, kind of how they did a little bit more what they did with Felton last year, like playing him a little bit more off ball. Um, Darren handled the ball a ton last season, which he's still you know bringing it up on a lot of possessions. But they're playing him and Brea together um, for stretches. They started them together last night. Um, because really, like at this point, like Bray is probably a better penetrating guard, and you know, as far as running pick and rolls, he's a little bit more dangerous than that. And so, having Darren to play off the ball, which he's done before, um, you know, can do pretty effectively. He looked pretty good doing that. He's you know looked at it as a spot up shooter, and then really Barnes has been the biggest kind of bright. Yeah, spot. he had a big uh, a big difference between his preseason and his regular season so far. He's yeah, been playing a lot better, which is good. Good for Mavs. Good for the Mavs. So. Yeah. I mean, it's – we'll see how much it holds up. Um, I mean, they've lost their first two games, so, like, they need to figure some stuff out, but it's nice to see that the guy that they just spent, what, $140 million signing, something like that? 90-something, yeah. But 90-something? Okay, yeah. I thought he got in the hundreds. Yeah, but it was um, a lot. It's nice seeing him actually play well. Yeah. And, so. you know, a lot of his shots were, like, you know, long twos, and those are – some of the more dangerous shots in the game because you know when you're hitting them then you can have really big scoring performances but when you're not hitting them it's you know it really drags the team down yeah <laughs> or it can um but it really just depends i mean if, if he's efficient enough at those shots and you know he's continues to be effective um in the post they were really especially when he had like a mismatch against you know ryan anderson or nene one of those guys that's not as quick they were really trying to find that mismatch so they could, you know, get that first step against them and get to the rim. So, 
Yeah, I saw that a couple times. It seemed like they were really trying to exploit the mismatches. Um, and really, they I thought they did a pretty good job guarding Harden. He really wasn't like... No, he had a pretty he had a pretty slow first half, but he yeah. kind of picked it up a little bit later in the second quarter and continued to play pretty well in the second half. Um, yeah. uh, Trevor Ariza had a really good game. He was yeah. very efficient. He scored, He's... I think, 28 points on yeah. like like 16 shots or something like that. Yeah, and he um, which is fouled on two separate three-point attempts, which is we're both semi-questionable fouls. The but. second one seemed like it was probably just they called it because the defender jumped into him and didn't give him space to yeah, land. Yeah, that's but. what both of them were, but it was both of them in case it was, you know, Bray and Seth Curry, just smaller guys trying to get as close as they could to bother his shot, and sometimes you get a little too close. But um, but he had, a, he had a nice game, and, you know, um, it seemed also seemed like Barnes was having a little bit more trouble whenever Ariza was guarding him rather than the big guys on Houston. But, yeah, I, I mean, they didn't look – the Mavs didn't look terrible, Um they just need, you know, if they can just once, find. Yeah, once Harrison Barnes gets going, and once he he feels more comfortable in their offense, I think I think you're going to start seeing them win a lot more games. Yeah, I mean, it's and, only the first two games of the season, so you can't really start panicking or anything. But and with Dirk in the lineup, that helps too, at least offensively, because you like Barnes is a guy who can get you a bucket. I mean, he was scoring in isolation well, but he still needs like a little bit of time to you know they have to get him in the right position, and then he's going to kind of have the enough time to work with him and Dirk is a guy who's just you know built his career off making really quick shots like you know you can get him in a post up and he can immediately go for the jumper or you know it's a pick and pop three or something like that so being able to get a bucket you know if you're down in the shot clock or something like that um Dirk is really good at at that and just you know drawing defenders away from the other guys in the team to help them make plays yeah well we can transition to the the Pelicans Anthony Davis um I mean if you've paid attention at all you've seen it he's had two monster games back to back a 50 point performance in uh in game one of the season and then a 45 or 47 perform performance like that, last yeah. night um he, and he's been doing it very efficiently too it's not like he's you know he's taking 30 40 shots like some other player is doing right now um to yeah. get there and what's so amazing as he's doing it in double teams like if you watch the game you see they after he gets going a little bit they send the double team every time and he, he can continue to score in that and score efficiently in it yeah. and once drew holiday and tyreek evans get back i mean i think some of his, his usage is going to go down a little bit but i mean he is the guy and he's going to continue to score yeah 25 to 30 points a game and yeah, you're going to see a to lot take. of 30 to 40 point games this season from anthony davis and as long as he stays healthy i think the pelicans have a have a chance of if he can continue performances like that i think you know they have a chance of of sneaking into the playoffs especially yeah. if drew holiday and tyreek evans come back at full strength yeah assuming they can you know keep it together on defense they were really bad on that end last year um, so if they can kind of, they got some, some guys in that are pretty good defenders, Solomon Hill and Etwan Moore, you know, guys who are good defenders for their position and Asha can be a d- good defender as well, at least, you know, protecting the rim and rebounding. Um, and he was hurt for a chunk of the year last year. So I think, you know, if everybody st- stays healthy after they get holiday back, um, I think they'll, I think they'll, I think they'll be pretty good. I mean, yeah, Davis just looks like. Everything he does looks replicable. It's not like he's just, you know, getting hot shooting jumpers or whatever. Like he, just he's hitting ha- the post. He's yeah. he's he's playing with the ba- his back to the basket. He's running off pick and rolls. He's he even took a couple three point shots and hit one. I know for yeah. sure. I didn't actually see if he hit any more than that. And um, 
Yeah, and he's got that like yeah. great like mid kind of middle of the paint floater. Yeah, his floater's get, gotten really good. Which, you know, is usually a move you see most guards go to. A lot of like big guys you see if they get it in that space, they'll kind of like they'll either stop and like, you know, kind of do some a bunch of pivots and stuff before like putting up like a contested hook, but he kind of just like he can grab it and, you know, dribble into that spot and immediately pull up and like that's pretty unguardable just with considering yeah i mean his only has. real weakness on the offense end is probably his perimeter shooting but i mean he has the shot to hit his shots there i just don't think he takes enough to really yeah. for people to really uh at least in the three-point line his, his yeah. range game has been pretty good for a while right i mean once you start getting past like 25 feet he he tends to drop off but um he can hit those uh, shots I, I still don't think you can just be like well we'll sag off of him on the three-point line and we'll cover the the paint in the, in the mid-range jumper. It's like, cause if he has the open shot, he's probably going to take it. And, you know, I think he's got a good enough shot that he's going to hit, he's going to hit that efficiently enough to where you can't just sag off of him like that. Yeah. Uh, Tim Frazier, I picked him up in the fantasy league after his first game performance. And then he had a, he had a follow-up performance that was even better. And I yeah. was like, that was nice. That was nice for me, I guess. Um, but he looks, he's, he's looked pretty good. Um, he's, he can jump. He's, he's what he's six two six six one yeah, six two. Pretty he's small pretty guy, short. but he's he's he can jump and, and he can fast. rebound. Um, he's been a pretty good job. He's been done a pretty good job of facilitating and running the pick and roll with Anthony Davis. Um, I mean, you know, when you have a guy like that to run the pick and roll with, you're going to be pretty successful. But still, he seems like he's been he's looked pretty competent running yeah. the pick and roll, and and I think he. Um, I mean, it's it's just two games. He he's just coming out of the D league. I think this is his first full year in the league maybe i think he was this is his third year out of college yeah. i know he was the d he was on MVP. portland's team or in portland with the the main team i think for yeah he the won the year. he won the d league mvp in the 14 15 season and then he saw some playing time last year so if if he can continue to play like that i mean he's definitely going to be their starting point guard even when i mean they're gonna they're gonna slot probably slot drew well, I mean, they could just run them together, I guess. And they could play together, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, however, whoever ends up starting, I think he'll, even when Drew comes back, will be playing significant minutes, you know, considering how well he's played so far. Yeah, and hopefully he can keep that up, because uh, from what I've seen from him, I, I like his game. Um, he yeah. tends to he tends to like to get, get to the basket more than take open, or take, take three-point shots, and that could prove to be a problem, but um, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, and especially since, I mean, Solomon Hill is really gotten to a slow start so far he looks he looks a little outclassed to be the you know 30 plus minute starter that they paid him to be um so if he kind of doesn't really get it going then maybe he kind of gets reduced to more of a 20 minute type role and you see a lot more like three guard lineups especially when drew comes back yeah Um, but yeah we'll see how it goes i mean they got what one one now so yeah um Kawhi Leonard's look pretty good. He's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, there really isn't much else to say. He's just been been very good, scoring, defending. Um, I mean, he doesn't. He hasn't really been. It, the first two games, he isn't rebounding like he like he normally does. But I think that will probably pick back up once he gets as the season goes along. I think he'll probably start getting a few more rebounds. I think he's he only had five or six in his first two games, which is still solid. But yeah. you know, you could definitely see him. Um, his rebounds uh, jumping up. Um, yeah, he's just looked really good. He's yeah. looked like a possible MVP candidate. Definitely. Um, I mean, a lot of guys have looked like MVP candidates so far these first two games. Anthony Davis, 
Russell, Russell Westbrook, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, know, Kevin Durant, yeah, <laughs> um, James, LeBron James with that opening night triple double. I mean, stop talking about triple doubles. Westbrook last night had a fifty-one point triple double. Yeah, on pretty, pretty, uh, pretty inefficient triple double. Yeah, uh, he was seventeen of forty-four shooting. I believe that sounds about right. It might have been sixteen of forty-four shooting. He was under forty yeah. percent shooting for the night. Uh, took forty-four shots to get fifty-one points. Um, but even then, like you know, he took forty-four shots and still was able to to get ten assists. And um, I mean, that I think that's going to probably going to be the biggest problem when it comes to him with his MVP chase is his efficiency. Yeah, and I mean, this, no, I'm probably the performance of the team. Yeah, yeah that too. But they, they they do need like. I mean, Oladipo has been, I mean, he played pretty well last night, but it, it seemed like a lot of his points were coming off of, like, or a lot of, like, assisted points off cuts and stuff, which he's good at. But, I mean, I think they really need someone, if most likely Oladipo, to be a they're gonna have to, they're, secondary yeah. ball handler. Like, they got to be able to take. I mean, once Cameron Payne comes back, I think they can give him that role. But yeah. until he comes back, which he, did he break his foot or his hand? Do you remember? Uh, I think. He broke something. I yeah. think it's his foot. If I remember correctly, but I could be wrong. Not sure. Um, so I, I don't know how long it's going to take for him to come back. We could see him in late December. We might not see him until closer to the All Star break. But yeah, um, I could see him being back by by January, and you can probably hand that role back off to him. But um, you know, if if they, I mean, they're going to have probably have to give that role to Oladipo for now because there's really no one else on the team. Like there's Ronnie Price. He's not really someone you can rely right. on. And they waived him. Oh, they waived him. Yeah, they have Samaj Christian. I think is the the backup point guard now. Okay. But. Yeah, I mean, maybe I mean, he can do something. And also, part of the problem is that like they have good big guys, um, you know, Adams, Cantor, um, Sabonis. Cantor looked pretty bad last night. Yeah, you know, Sabonis has looked pretty good at least for stretches. Yeah. I mean, they're, not, um, they're not playing him too much, but, but they don't really have like a go-to type score down there, like someone they can get the ball to in the post and can. It's going to have score to be on a one. He's the only one. He's the only yeah. guy that can really do that. I mean, Anth- I mean, not Anthony Davis. Uh, Stephen Adams, like um, he's shown flashes. Of they're going to. I think they're game. trying to develop that part of his game and um, this is going to be that season where he's going to have to they're going to have to go to that more often um, but I think it's not it's not going to be something that happens quickly yeah. I think it's going to take some time but but just having you know compared to like the teams that have like that kind of big guy who can even handle the ball a little bit you know bring the ball up off the rebound and go, immediately go into offense like a Anthony Davis or a DeMarcus Cousins like the teams that have those kind of guys just their offense is able to flow so much smoother they're able to get good shots more consistently because they don't have to like you know every time wait to go find the the one guy who can set up the offense and then make him do something with it yeah Um, i mean so far russell westbrook is proving to be what everyone expected him to be um really fun to watch put up a lot of points have near a triple double almost every night and uh honestly i'm i'm pretty excited i was kind of worried during the preseason and in parts of the the latter parts of the offseason um, just started thinking about Russell and his game, and I was like, I don't know if this is gonna how this is gonna go after losing his best uh, his best like assist generator and Kevin Durant and just a larger role on him and having to rely on some of the guys that really yeah. haven't quite proven themselves, especially uh, Oladipo coming from a completely different team and having to mesh that into their offense. But um, so far, Russell's looked like Russell, um, pretty inefficient, um, but still very very good. Yeah, high energy. He's gonna. He's going to bring it every night, and I think if they if they get that from Russell every night and he stays healthy, I, I mean they're pretty much a lock for the playoffs. And I think they, could, they I mean they've had to come they've had to come from behind to beat both the Sixers and the Suns, which is kind of concerning. Um, 
and it took 51 points from Russell Westbrook to beat the Suns. Yeah, so against better teams, I think they could struggle, especially better, yeah. you know, good defenses. I mean, obviously the, the top-tier teams like the Warriors, the Spurs, the uh, teams like that, I think they're going to struggle against a lot, even the, the, the Cavs. Um, the Jazz, I think they're going to have a, a tough time against just because the Jazz are so deep right now. Yeah, um, and just uh, those good defenses that have good rim protectors who can, mm-hmm. you know, keep Westbrook from getting those easy layups. It seemed like he was really getting to the rim at will last night. Um, so if they're forcing him to take jump shots, like, you know, you could, you could definitely see some ugly shooting nights where he's trying to get something going and isn't super efficient and their offense kind of struggles as a result. Yeah. Uh, I think they play – who are they playing tonight? I think they're on a back-to-back tonight, but we'll see. Uh, they look – I don't know. Russell's looked fun. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. Where do you want to go next? Uh, Warriors or Cavs? I've watched any, any games um, you've watched recently. I mean, I watched all of the Cavs' first game. I didn't watch their second one. Yeah, um, I mean, that was a just a classic performance from LeBron. Triple double, yeah. blown out teams. The Cavs looked very, very good. Still yeah. very confident coming off a championship. And yeah, I think and I think they're gonna have that mindset pretty much the whole season. Yeah, and I think you know the first couple years, you know, their first season, and then you know last season up until the point where they fired Blatt, there seemed like there was a lot of tension on the team. You know, there was some kind of sniping comments in between players. LeBron kind of subtweeting his teammates at times. Um, and it seems like a lot of that has passed now. Like, everything seems like it's a, a lot more comfortable, relaxed. Now that they've won a championship, everybody kind of... Do that. <laughs> yeah, championships will make everybody feel better. I mean, sometimes there are, you know, you, know, you come back from the championship and guys feel like they should have a bigger role or whatever. But, you know, everybody got paid um and yeah. everybody seems to like playing together paid on the Cavs. um they didn't really i mean they lost delavadova um which Who did they pick up who's their backup point guard right now it's just k felder right now i think um, he's he's been on dnps both both opening like opening night and and uh and last night yeah and so i mean um i think they're they're playing for backup point guard at this point is just to kind of stagger the minutes with LeBron and Kyrie so that one of them on the fl- is on the floor at basically all times. So you always have that ball handler and then just, you know, play your wings, play JR and Monchumper. Just- and JR can, he can run the ball. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to make him your secondary ball handler, but having a third guy, I think that's probably a pretty good game plan, especially for the East. It's so weak. You know, you really don't have to game plan and be like, well, we need to have firepower on the floor at all times. You yeah. can just cruise through most of your matchups throughout the East. Yeah. And, and it should work out just fine. You can even run a lineup with, you know, put JR and Chumper out there as the guards and, you know, get Kevin Love the ball in the, you know, at the elbow and he can make plays with it too. So, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think they're going to struggle too much um, without a backup point guard. Like, Delhi was mostly out there to harass opposing guards and, you know, occasionally run a pick and roll and throw a terrible lob. Um, so, I, I don't think they're going to miss him too much offensively. I mean, luckily enough, you had... He was lobbing to LeBron most of the time. Yeah, or Tristan Thompson or someone. And it, was but. Like, it ended up working just fine. But There was something that made you scratch your head a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that? Uh, oh, who was it? Um, it might have been Draymond Green. Yeah, it was a Draymond Green lob. He just like sailed it all the way like, from like the, the top of the key into the into the stands. Yeah. Like behind. Like it wasn't even close. Like the ball was above the backboard as it was sailing out of bounds. Yeah, maybe JaVale taught him that in practice. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know who who on their team could have gotten that down and in the basket, but 
not who he was passing to. Yeah, I mean, Draymond's kind of always been a guy who makes risky passes, and sometimes it just kind of slips out of her hand. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty funny though. Um, Warriors, I guess we're already talking about them. Might as well stay on them. Um, they've, uh, I mean, they, you know, game one they lost. They got blown out by twenty nine points, which is actually something that's serious. I think, like. I mean, I don't think it means okay. Oh, now they're gonna they're gonna end up being a fifty-two win team that, you know, is a third seed, and you know they're gonna get swept by the Spurs in the in the playoffs. But I mean, it, it is something that's interesting because everyone, as soon as you know Kevin Durant signed that contract, everyone's just saying, okay, so this guy, this team is gonna run back, you know, a, a season in which they win close to seventy games, if not seventy games itself, and then. Um, they're probably just going to cruise through the West, cruise all the way to the finals, and then just take down the Cavs in the finals and, and win a championship. And then on opening night, they play the Spurs and get blown out by 29 because Kawhi Leonard drops 35 and harasses Kevin Durant the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not super worried about them. I think the, the main points for concern is just their their big rotation does look a, a little weak. Um, I think people kind of underrated the loss of Andrew Bogut a little bit. Um just because he wasn't like a huge scorer or wasn't putting up crazy stats at all. And, you know, at times, you know, looked, you know, I mean, he was pretty inconsistent last season, Yeah, but you're right. I think his, his impact of just being there. Yeah. Like helped out a lot because it, it helped. Like, I mean, just having a really good rim protector. Yeah. was very important for them because um, when you have like guys like Steph Curry and um, Kawhi, uh, not Clay uh, um, Thompson on the wing a lot. I mean, you really got to make sure you're having. Yeah, guys I mean, down if, there at the rim to, to if you you know, and, and their style defensively has been pretty aggressive uh, to put a lot of pressure on, and so sometimes you're going to give up drives to the rim, and so having that kind of backup of a guy who can protect the rim and block shots uh, helps a lot. And you know, I, I don't think uh, Zaza is really he's never really had the quickness to be that kind of great help defender moving his feet around. He's never been a good rim protector. Uh, and so, I mean, that, that, that could be a point of weakness. Their defense may take a slight step back because of that, you know, as far yeah, as the season goes. I wouldn't be surprised if they went to the death lineup more often because because yeah. they lost Andrew Bogut and they lost that, that you know, defensive linchpin. I mean, most people would say that Draymond Green was their linchpin. He probably is, but I mean yeah. – Andrew Bogut was very important to their defense. Yeah, and, and even, losing that, I think they may have to go to that death lineup more often. Or you may see Steve Kerr go to the death lineup more often to, to try and overcome their weakness at the at the five. Yeah, and even Festus Azili, who you know was hurt for parts of the season last year and had inconsistencies himself. Like, he's was an athletic guy who could block shots and finish lobs, and they don't really have that guy playing for them right now. Like, you know, JaVale is on the roster, but I don't think Steve Kerr trusts him to be consistent at this point um and even the even with zaza and, and david west who are both high iq players veterans that are really experienced like i think i think further on in the season those guys will get a little bit more acclimated to the warriors offense and so some of those you know all the the screening and passing and stuff that um Bogut did and that timing of that i think that will get a little bit better but i think the defensive issues that that will probably be that will continue until you know, they either figure out a lineup that works or maybe make a move. And most nights it's just not going to come up because they're not going to be running into, 
to a Spursian offense or, you know, the Clippers every night or, you know, those those really high, highly efficient offenses every single night. Yeah. They're going to be, you know, playing some pretty uh, – some teams that are well below them. And so I think their their defensive isn't going to be important as important in those matchups. So as the season goes along, they're, they're going to play the worst teams and they're just going to blow them out. And, yeah. you know, you're going to see a lot of garbage time. But it was, it was interesting to see a team can beat – you know, yeah. they can be beaten and they can be beaten pretty badly. And, and I think that, um, that makes this, this season a little bit more interesting because, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, hopefully we, we get to see the, uh, the Spurs Warriors matchup that everyone was itching for last season. Um, I mean, it's going to be more interesting this season with Kevin Durant and the Warriors, but, um, hopefully we get to see that matchup and, and I think that'd be a really fun Western conference finals. So, yeah, I mean, the Warrior or the, the Spurs look, look good so far. They're, they always are good in the regular season, even when you think they've taken a step back, just because they're so well coached, they're so well prepared, and they just don't make that many mistakes. Well, what's interesting, though, is how quickly Pop has been yanking Pau Gasol. Yeah. I mean, what, they paid him $28 million for two years? Something like that. About $15 million a year for two years, and, and uh, he played. he's played combined about 25, 30 minutes in the first two games just because he seems like he doesn't quite know what he's doing. And, I mean, that can happen when you try and step into Tim Duncan's role yeah. as, uh, yeah, if as he's, a big defender. Yeah, and, like, Dwayne Debman's played pretty well whenever he's been in the lineup yeah. over him. Yeah, you're just not going to see too many coaches yank a veteran yeah. big like Pau Gasol I mean, just because like, he doesn't seem to be playing well. But Pop, but Pop, Pop will do him and do it, and he, he did it. Yeah, I mean, you saw last season that um, – that in Chicago uh, with Fred Hoiberg that he sometimes didn't have the conviction or whatever to make uh, some of the necessary lineup changes. Uh, you know, Powell put up good counting stats last year, so it was hard to justify reducing his minutes, but he was really pretty poor defensively. Yeah, that, that's always been his problem. I mean, especially as he's gotten older. He's just gotten slower, and, and you know, it's just negatively impacted his defense. And Yeah. Yeah, Chicago. I have not watched it. No, they they uh, beat. Who did they play their first game? Was it the Hawks, or was it the? They, their first game was last night, I think, or no, two nights ago. Yeah, it was Wednesday. I don't quite remember who they played, but they they beat them from what I from what I remember. At least they were beating them in the early parts early parts of the fourth quarter. Quarter. Yeah, it, the interesting thing to see is. I mean, Taj Gibson played really well in preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how much he plays going forward. I mean, what they may do is just play a lot more of Gibson at the five with Miritich. And so I think those are their two best big guys. Um, and maybe a little bit less Robin Lopez. I mean, Lopez is, is solid, but um, if they want, you know, a little bit more mobile of a, a lineup, that might be something they go with. Yeah, they played Boston on Thursday. And they won, and I was that. That's that's why I was surprised because they they ended up beating Boston. So, I mean, Jimmy Jimmy Butler had a good game. I mean, he wasn't particularly efficient from his shooting, but you know he scored twenty four points. Uh, Dwayne Dwayne Wade had twenty two points, pretty inefficiently as well. Yeah, that's probably going to be a, a theme for the for the season for the Bulls is inefficient scoring from Dwayne Wade. And, uh, and possibly Jimmy Butler. But yeah. Especially if Jimmy Butler's going to be taking a lot of threes because he's been pretty uh, hit and miss, hot and cold on, on his three-point percentage over the past few years. So, Cool. Um, so let's see what we got tonight. We've got 
Yeah, tonight's, um, if, if anyone is wondering, it is Saturday, October 29th. <laughs> I mean, we'll probably have this up tonight, but... Oh, do we have a... There's an afternoon game today. I yeah, I watched that, um, parts of it. Um, yeah, Atlanta blew out Philly. Joel uh, Embiid had a pretty good... He was pretty good uh, Pretty good 15 minutes, though. He ended up scoring 14 points in his 15 minutes of play. So, um, good things we're seeing from Joel Embiid. Continually seeing good things from him. So, that's always yeah. uh, it's always encouraging. He's, uh, he's entertaining. Yeah, he's good. Seems like he's lived up to the uh, hype and is calling himself the process now. We're requesting. Yeah. I don't know if the – I know I saw a tweet saying that uh, he asked the Philly or the Sixers stadium announcer to call to to introduce him as Joel the process and bead. I don't know if they're actually doing it, but yeah. that would be pretty great if they were. Yeah, it seems like the uh, Sixers management is trying to kind of move away from that label. Yeah, and, um, and Joel Embiid is not – really complying there yeah, i mean i think they're fine with letting him do whatever just because the fans like it like it seems i mean like, the fans it, it seems like for the first time in a long time that the fans have actually been very excited about yeah about their team and i they they all probably understand that the sixers are going to be really bad this year but, but they have actually reason to be excited yeah. like ben simmons will come back sometime in in december probably we'll probably see him in january they're probably be more cautious with it yeah but um yeah they seem excited i mean you saw one of the fans uh, emphatically flip off Russell Westbrook on opening night. Yeah, got ejected from a the seat. Um, they're they're pumped. They love their team again. Um, and I think over the next few years, there's going to be there's going to be those jokes about trust the process, and there'll always be that. And I think people are a little bit. I think Sixers fans. I mean, some of them are all we're all in, you know, on that mm-hmm. front. But I think there are some that kind of um, were a little bit frustrated with it. Just how bad they were making the team um so i think it was a little bit tough to kind of joke about that whenever the sixers were just getting completely destroyed every night um and i think now with Embiid playing and dario sarge is coming over and they signed some veteran guys who can play to, to improve the competitiveness of the team i think i think you know you can get behind that whenever you're you can be a bad team but if you have young players who are exciting and you have at least a passable product on the floor where you can compete night to night at least like the fans are going to you know respond to that a lot more positively than you know you're saying well we're you know trying to get the first pick every year so we're just going to be as bad as possible yeah and i mean they're they have a pretty good uh pretty good chance of getting the first pick again this year unless uh unless boston gets it because of that that nets pick but um at least yeah at least there's some there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel now there's some hope yeah. And uh, that's good for them. Cool. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up here. I mean, yeah, so a little shorter preview, podcast, last got, podcast. Um, Celtics, Hornets, uh, yeah. Grizzlies, Knicks, and is that it? No, we got a couple more. Uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of games tonight. Yeah, Magic Cavs, Pacers, Bulls, Nets, Bucks. Spurs Pelicans, that'll be a good one to watch. Yeah, Blazers Nuggets, and then Team Timberwolves and Kings. So yeah, the premier games to watch are probably the Pelicans Spurs, uh, maybe the Pacers Bulls, T Wolves Kings, T Wolves. Watching the teams yeah, would be Carl good. Carlton Towns versus Parker's Cousins. Yeah, um, that's gonna be an interesting one. But yeah, cool. Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're we're gonna keep it shorter than we usually do this time. 